Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. All right, welcome to episode one of Chris will deal with it. Pursuing perceived passions past passing pleasures. This episode's question touches right at the heart of my reasons for creating this podcast. How do you recognize passions within yourself and decide whether to pursue them or not? Conversely, how do you recognize when a passion or hobby has run its course and decide to change direction in your life? This is a loaded question, which I'm going to break down into its four parts. One, how do you recognize passions within yourself? Two, how do you decide to pursue it or not? Three, how do you recognize when a passion or hobby has run its course? And four, how do you decide to change direction in your life? Question one, how do you recognize passions within yourself? I feel that passions evolve from ideas, so I'm going to start there. Many of us are flooded with ideas which carry so much potential energy. Sometimes ideas can languish for months, even years, until they become a passion. For example, I kicked around ideas for a podcast like this for many months before influences and opportunities aligned to make it a reality. The shift of an idea to passion is often triggered by catalysts. Now, a catalyst is something that triggers an event or change. A catalyst for ideas could be a book, a developed skill, an interaction, a podcast, an opportunity, an event, etc. But more often, it's a combination of catalysts that launch an idea into a passion. And these catalysts are rarely foreseen. The more diverse your experience is, the more interesting and complex ideas you're able to conjure. So a great example about how catalysts affect us is people going into organizations. Think about your current or past jobs where you got a new manager or an employee. They brought in new ideas and energy into their workplace or community organization, for better or for worse. These fresh new viewpoints and skills likely changed processes or affected the attitude and tempo of your team. These people have likely influenced much of how you see your industry, organizations, and business in general, as well as your own ideas. But I'm advising here that you develop an idea capture system. An idea capture system lets you capture, catalog, and revisit ideas on a regular basis. You can take notes, expand, evolve them, and make them more likely to be catalyzed. This lets ideas linger outside of your conscious mind, since you're not worried they'll get lost and forgotten. Um, an idea capture system can be as simple as a small pen and a notepad you always carry with you, or you can utilize some of the great digital note-taking tools to power your system. Uh, digital tools do offer up a lot of advantages. Um, they enable a structure, um, such as searching, linking, folders. Uh, allows you to easily incorporate inspiration, such as screenshots of handwritten notes, photos, links, YouTube videos, etc. They typically have great mobile and desktop apps, allowing you to always have your notes handy wherever you are. They allow you to codify and explore your ideas across various domains in your life, job, family, personal development, creative projects. Many platforms include collaborative aspects, allowing you to share individual cards or pages to get feedback, brainstorm with partners. And finally, it allows editing and refinement of your ideas. And when they turn into a passion, it can often serve as the backbone for managing and executing your projects. In my case, I often use pen and paper to initially capture or expand on ideas, and then I'll transfer them into my digital tool later. I'll briefly recommend the two digital tools I've used for idea capture. I've used Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O.com, for many years. I loved its index card style system. But a few years ago, I switched over to Notion, that's N-O-T-I-O-N dot S-O. 
because it's a highly customizable and a flexible interface, it was much better suited towards my creative projects while still serving my professional goals. I'll, I'll build out a more comprehensive list of digital idea capture tool recommendations in the episode notes. Um, you'll be able to download those for free from the CDWI website. Now, I can happily geek out about idea capture systems on a future episode if the audience wants me to, but I want to move on to the second part of today's question. Two, how do you decide to pursue it or not? So living in a world of ideas can fracture your focus. Is it better to do a few things really well or many things poorly? Flitting around with new ideas is lots of fun. I do it all the time, but it can prevent you from delving deep. So this makes it very hard to gain mastery or true knowledge, which is something I'll talk about more in the next question, part three. But with ideas, I find it's best to be patient with them. Let them simmer for a while. Does the idea act like a virus building up its case over time? Or does it wither when confronted with newer, stronger ideas? For me, an idea starts entering passion territory when it crosses a few thresholds. I can't stop thinking about them. They get a sort of full body, I must do this energy. And the passion has to fit my lifestyle. In my case, this means fitting it around my two young kids, limited personal time, career commitments, um, and a desire to live a somewhat minimalist lifestyle. Often a new passion means giving the boot to a previous passion, or at least putting it on the back burner, uh, which we'll get into in the last part of today's episode. So right here now, I'd like to stop for a second and use my decision to launch the CDWI podcast as an example. So I'm turning 40 this summer, um, and part of my theme for the year is finding better ways to give back and help people. Right? And I've had a long-standing need to develop a better marketing platform for Croyder Studios, which includes my fiction writing and other creative work. I've also decided that social media, not for me. I feel its benefits aren't worth as many negatives. It's just a rabbit hole I'm going to skip past right now, but that's, it's probably content for a future episode. But I feel that direct connections, such as podcasting, writing email newsletters, it plays way more to my strengths as a writer and as a speaker. As an added catalyst, my nephew, who was five at the time, needed something fixed during a family party, and he made this offhanded joke that, ah, Chris will deal with it. And it struck with me and eventually inspired the perfect title for the pod. All right, so we've answered the first two questions. Um, we've talked about how to get ideas into, into an idea capture platform, how they may become a passion, catalyst, but let's get to question three. How do you recognize when a passion or a hobby has run its course? So let's revisit the idea of flittering around with ideas. Hitting plateaus, getting frustrated, running from critics, if these become the reasons you abandon ideas, you risk reinforcing poor internal or cultural narratives. Exploring ideas is a great way to learn new skills and explore a subject. This means they can be a means to an end. You're never forced to turn every passion into a lifelong pursuit. But broadening that skill set over time is going to allow you to combine knowledge and skills from different domains. And this means that down the road, you're going to be able to develop unique abilities and insights that are incredibly valuable to society. So you should be open to the idea of constant evolution. Breakthroughs are often made by outsiders who bring mindsets and skills from other domains and apply them to problems that stymie entrenched experts and organizations. I'd love to frame this skill development using a concept of a T-graph. So envision your skill set as it is right now as a capital T. X-axis, it captures the breadth of your skills. The more things you know about or skills you have, the wider the, the hat of your T. And that Y-axis captures the depth of each knowledge and skill along your X-axis. So if your T-graph isn't narrow at the top but very tall, it's not a bad thing, by the way. It just means that you're likely a subject matter expert in a very particular niche. Or is your T-graph really wide but full of very short verticals? This means you're likely a strong connector. You're able to connect and translate across domains. But the shorter your verticals are, the less you'll be able to fully understand or solve a particular problem. It means you're going to have to lean harder on subject matter experts or external tools. Now, your graph is going to be somewhere in between those extremes. But it allows you to visualize and ask yourself, 
Are there elements of your t-graph that you desire to be taller or wider? And that brings us back to the point of the original question. If you find yourself no longer joyful in exploring the depth or breadth of experience from a passion or hobby, it's probably time to change direction, which then brings us to our last question. How do you decide to change direction in your life? For me, I never know where, what, or who following a path might lead to. So I'm going to answer this question by giving an example from my own life, about my, my experiments with masquerade games. So after college, I co-founded a board game publishing company with one of my best friends. Um, it never led to financial success, but provided me countless opportunities to develop lots of other skills. I got a solid foundation in graphic design, rapid prototyping, testing ideas, and it made me way more comfortable with revisiting and abandoning ideas. I also gained a deeper understanding of the designer's perspective in the supply chain, working with manufacturers, distributors, freight logistics, warehousing, marketing, sales. These were really valuable, vital insights that have greatly influenced my effectiveness in my day jobs over the years. Um, also, designing, testing, and playing board games, while fun, also led me to a fantastic group of friends that now extends far beyond gaming. It helped connect me to people who have become lifelong friends, but also some of these friends have become business partners or colleagues, people I rely on for skills or advice on areas that I'm weak. Uh, these friends have also been vital influences early into my journey as a fiction writer. They provided critical encouragement and support that helped fuel a passion to get over a very steep learning curve and the roadblocks of my internal critic. So bringing this back to passions, as I mentioned in the last question, you know, exploring ideas increases the diversity of opinion, experiences, and mental models you can draw upon for your current or future projects. The great treasure in my life is access to friendships, experts, influences, and potential business opportunities, i.e. catalysts, across many domains. So this mindset of constant learning, it helps ground you with humility as you try things. I'd like to paraphrase the words of Greg McEwen here. Have the courage to be rubbish. Um, there's also a common mindset in the martial arts. Empty your cup. You enter the dojo always fully open to learning and growth. Like, you know, you could be the fifth-degree black belt. You should come in there with a the mindset, I'm going to here to learn from everybody. Exploring passion, exploring these passions also increases your willingness to take risks by saying yes. So, but when do you decide to change direction? When, when the passion fades, don't view it as a failure. Look back on the benefits gained, skills developed, friendships made. Capture the results of your effort whether it be products, intellectual property, artwork, or even hire other people to run the business you've created and capture residual income when you pursue other passions. You never know if more catalysts will occur in the future that are going to reignite the flame of a past passion or provide the inspiration or opportunity to utilize that past work or ideas for future projects, i.e. talking about my experience in Masquerade Games on episode one of my brand new podcast. And that's, that's, that's the point here, right? Give yourself permission to change. Avoid the trap of feeling committed because you spent the time, energy, and resources on a passion. You got to see the fact that it's a learning experience, for, for better or worse. Right? It's going to stay where you are now and then move forward. And lastly, you really should give yourself the proper time and environment to consider a change. Reflect on what got you into the passion in the first place. Was it fun because of where you were in your life? Uh, what was going on at the time? Did it cease to become fun because of something external, like you turned it into a business? You spent too much time marketing instead of creating, or you gained some fame and therefore criticism of your work. So but reframing a passion or a hobby back to what made it fun might be a better path than abandoning it entirely. You get to be in control of your life here. So I'd like to close today's episode uh, with two quotes from one of my favorite books, Hell Yeah or No by Derek Sivers, which you can order at S-I-V-E-R-S.com. People often ask me what they can do to be more successful. I say disconnect even if just for a few hours. Unplug. 
Turn off your phone and Wi-Fi. Focus. Write. Practice. Create. That's what's rare and valuable these days. And the second quote here I just love, you grow by doing what excites you and what scares you. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources from today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris Will Deal With It.